Gerard Mayo has officially been introduced as the 15th head coach in New England Patriots franchise history. But will he bring with him a new method of finance? Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage, and hopefully your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is not only a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, but it is also free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So smash that subscribe button, download and follow wherever you get your podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to Locked On Patriots social media style, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And Pats fans, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. And Patriots fans, the Gerard Mayo era in Foxborough has officially begun. Less than one week removed from their decision to part ways with legendary head coach Bill Belichick, Mayo was introduced as the 15th head coach in franchise history at a press conference on Wednesday afternoon at the GP Atrium at Gillette Stadium. And the new HC of the NEP took the stage alongside team owner Robert Kraft and both team owner and head coach vowed to usher in a new era of collaboration and diversity. Now, folks, there are a lot of ways to break down all the action that took place on Wednesday, and we're going to do that throughout the week here on Locked On Patriots. We're going to break this down from a football standpoint. We're going to break it down from a social standpoint. But today, we have a very special treat. Because after all, when it's time to start over, where else should you start but by taking a look at the books? That's right. We're going to talk a little Foxborough Finance with our good friend, the gentleman I like to call the Pharaoh of Foxborough Finance, my good friend, the Pats cat, Miguel Benzon. And Miguel's going to talk about the type of financial health in which Gerard Mayo is about to inherit the Patriots. Will his methods be any different than Bill Belichick? And what does it mean for the Patriots' pursuit of free agents, both internally and externally? And last, Miguel's going to even dabble into what it means for the Patriots' NFL draft. Folks, there is a ton to break down, and Miguel's the man to do it. So without further ado, I welcome in the Pharaoh of Foxborough Finance, the salary cap top gun, my good friend, the Pats cap himself, Miguel Benzon. Thank you, Mike. Uh, let's get right to it. Um, I have to say this at the beginning, Mike, if you could just bring up the um, header tab. And folks, um, I use on I use Excel workbooks, and my most of my tabs have names. Um, and this particular one is called header. All right. Um, so let's talk about what I have for now. Right now, I project right now, I'm projecting the Patriots is going to make five exclusive rights 
free agent tenders to the players. So that's why they're going to have 59 contracts on March 13th, the start of the 2024 league year. As of now, we do not know what the 24 official league cap number is. I've heard it's going to be somewhere between 240 million and 245 million. So I just split the difference. I'm using 242.5 million dollars. Right? Mm-hmm. I have. I ended um, the the 2023 season with the Patriots ending cap space as 22,318 dollars. I might be off like a dollar or two. We have yet to even hear the official carryover number. All right. Last, um, in fact, last year we had already heard the number on. We heard the number on the 12th. Five days later this year, and we still haven't heard it. I mean, I'll talk about the pro- projected LTB and guaranteed salary offset adjustment. You see, that I have 10.7 million dollars for that. All right. Since the 2011 CBA, that would be the largest positive adjustment for a team. All right. And that would make, and then you see all, and that you add the carryover, the adjustment, and the lead cap number, and that gives them what a projected cap number of $253.3 million. All right, folks, no, te- no team actually has a cap number of the official league cap number. The medium does a poor job of explaining a adjusted cap number. I'm hoping this picture will help people understand that the adjusted cap number is a sum of three different numbers. All right. And then what's going to happen is at the beginning of the year, league year, there's going to be uh, every team is going to have taken out from their league, from their adjusted cap number, an offseason workout bonus. And that's $315 times 32 offseason workout sessions times 90 players. All right. I have, I'm and my dead money total. I'm, I'm considering, I'm assuming, projecting, whatever you want to words you want to use, that the deals for Trent Brown and Jalen Mills will void before the league year. And I currently have, for the Patriots, they have about total active roster cap commitments, about $172.3 million. All right. And that gives them about $69.4 million in cap space. The, my number for cap commitments is going to be higher than some people on the other sites um, because I'm already including, I'm projecting, I already know for a fact that Ramondi Stevenson and Michael Wilson have earned the proven performance escalator, mm-hmm. all right, which will bump up their salaries, all right? I might be off by a couple of thousand dollars, all right? But I figured I'd rather have the number their salary be in the $3 million range rather than a million dollar range, mm-hmm. right? Which is why I'm going to be a little bit off. The other sites have yet to completely make their adjustments for in, in incentives. So, some, for example, I have seven players with LTB um, incentives for 2024, um, and that's a total of $5.8 million. Five, five players might have... One million dollars in likely to be earned playing time centers: David Andrews, Jabril Peppers, Bentley, Guy, and Davai. Teachers Wise has a half million dollars, and Devontae Parker has three hundred thousand dollars. All right, so that comes about five point eight million dollars. I don't think the other sites have. I've seen um, over the cap start doing the incentives, but I don't think they've gotten all seven yet. All right. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm looking, folks, I'm looking at my, I do want to say some of the stuff that I, some of the stuff I'm saying today on this podcast is going to be, I'm only going to say this on the podcast. All right. So I'm just, and I have, I wanted to say, I have six things down. I wanted to say that are going to be unique to this podcast. So far, I mentioned four. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're off um, to a great start, folks. And Miguel yeah. is already setting the table for Gerard Mayo in his new spot. Folks, he's not even on the job hours yet officially in Foxborough. Oh. And Miguel's already set the financial table. But my question to you, my friend, is I yeah. know a lot of our listeners out there heard Gerard address repairing relationships and moving the organization forward. And you know as well as I that Part of that is to work out deals with players to come mm -hmm. here. They all has to incorporate an environment where players want to come and play for the Patriots, but specifically play for him. We know that finance is probably the most important element of that, along with the personal aspect. So from a financial standpoint, when you look at some of the free agents and you look at what the Patriots may need to do and the amount of space that you've projected in your work, Mm -hmm. What does that mean now for the Patriots moving forward? What type of leverage now does Gerard Mayo have when he sits down with a potential free agent, either internal or external, and wants to try to sell them on playing for the Patriots? Because we're coming into a new era with Gerard Mayo, and while we have some people remaining in the front office, right? we don't know the dynamic of how much what Gerard says, I want this. And he says, no matter what. Is the front office going to do something different than they have done in the past? Right. The front half has had in, in most of the Bill Belichick era from 2011 on. From I always say 2011 because that's the groundbreaking Stevie A. There was very few deals that they made or made created cap space by restructuring a deal. Lately, they have been doing that more, more and more often. But some teams will restructure a deal and have and add four, 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 four years, four years. All right. The Patriots have been adding like a year or two years at, at, at most. All right. If you use four, four years, you can create a great deal of cap space. Mm. The, the problem is you got to pay for it at the end when it's going to have a lot of dead money. Right. For example, Jason Kelsey. The Eagles have used a lot of four years in his deal. He's going to leave their team with $22 million in caps in dead money. Mm -hmm. so he's going to, you know, so it's going to be split over two years, eight, probably eight and 14, eight this year and 14 next year. That's still $22 million of cap space not being used on an active player. All right. right. Um, so I would love to answer the question, but Mike, if I'm going to just go, let's presume they do what. The, Manage business like they've always been managing business lately, and there's maybe one deal they use a, they do this year with a void year, all right, mm -hmm. one or two, a couple. I have them right now on the 60 70 million dollars. Patriots fans, I know that you are enjoying the wisdom and the counsel and financial insight of our good friend Miguel the Pats Cat Benzon, including nuggets of wisdom you'll only hear here on Locked On Patriots. The good news is, folks, is that Miguel is just getting warmed up. And in just a moment, he's going to continue to drop all kinds of knowledge when it comes to the Patriots' financial situation regarding free agency, the draft, and even a couple of surprises. Stick around, folks. You are not going to want to miss it when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. This next segment of Locked On Patriots is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. 
And Locked On listeners, sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Whether it be big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Today, I want to say how I really feel about something. And you all out there might even be thinking about the same thing this week. And that is the emotional roller coaster of anxiety, excitement, and bittersweet feelings when it comes to the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick parting ways after 24 amazing years. And even though it's just been hours since he's officially been on the job, Gerard Mayo is already bringing a lot of excitement and anticipation to the Patriots. And I don't want to speak for all of you out there, but for me personally, it is definitely bittersweet. I'm going to miss Bill Belichick, but like all of you out there, I'm anxious and I'm excited to see what Gerard Mayo can bring to the table. And what's important to remember here, folks, is that sometimes life can imitate art, or in this case, sports. Sometimes we have so many feelings on a particular subject that from one moment to the next, we're not quite sure how to act or feel. Therapy can be different for everyone. And let's face it, most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. It's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. If we go to the savings page, and folks, I just picked, uh, this is all the guys where you can get close to $1.5 million in savings by trading the player, all right? Where you see a negative number, and especially in the cut column, it's mostly because the player has guaranteed salary for that year, all right? So the Patriots could, for example, I'll be shocked, surprised, if J.C. Jackson's on this roster in in, in March, at the start of the league year. All right, especially out of his current cap number. If they cut him, they will create $13.46 million in cap space. Okay, let's go with Adrian Phillips. All right, you can create over $2 million in cap space by letting him go. All right, um, you could probably work a deal with Marco Wilson to reduce his cap number of $3 million to a more reasonable number, maybe somewhere in the range of $2 million. $1.5 million, all right? Mm-hmm. You can decide um, if you like the work that Devon Gosha has been doing, you can extend them out again and maybe add a void year, all right? And that would lower his cap number by several million dollars. Jabril Peppers is in the last year of his deal, all right? You could lower his. You could lower his cap number with an extension. All right. If somehow you were to able to convince a team to take on the salaries of the guarantee, fully guaranteed salaries of Juju Smith or Devontae Parker, you could create cap space by trading them. You wouldn't be able to create cap space by cutting them, but you could create cap space by trading them. And um. For example, let's we were both big Mac Jones fans. I think you might have been bigger. The only person I would say was bigger Mac Jones fans than myself. <laughs> and if they were to trade him, they would create $1.87 million in cap savings that way. Yeah. All right. Um, so they could get to over, but they did some of these moves 
they could get to over a hundred million dollars in cap space, all right? And that's without and that should be more than enough, Mike. Mm-hmm. Especially if they have better health in 2024 than they did in 2023. All right. Because mm-hmm. they had a ridiculous amount of players on and it ended the season with a ridiculous amount of players on IR. They and they lost. And that's not including times people didn't weren't placed on IR but missed the game because they were um because they're inactive because of injuries. All right. Um, they could definitely get to hundred million dollars, which would give them enough cap space to do what they need to do and to pursue some of the free agents I listed in the FA targets tab. So I, I just well, I just listed some names. Okay. Um these are the guys that if I was gonna if Gerard May was gonna ask saw me on the street, hey, who do you think they should go after? I'm I'm saying go after these guys. <laughs> I, 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 um I, obviously they would they can't get to sign them all. All right. So like, like you can't sign all four wide receivers, you can't sign would you pick one or the other? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know when at this time we don't know who's gonna be franchise tag or not. All right. So, so I wouldn't be right. surprised if some of these people I listed here got franchise tag. But these are the people I thought most likely wouldn't get franchise tag, and they had a chance of signing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope, I would say, Mike, they could get two two out of the three, sign and, and still sign a good number of their own free agents, and still have the cap space to become a playoff contender, and that's. I mean, and that's what I'll, I think in 2024, I'm not asking them to like make a deep run at the Super Bowl. I'm just making them to help get, make a, be at the end of the season, be in the discussion of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. I think they could do that. And I'll say this, and I, um, here's one of those things I got to think is going to be unique to this podcast. Talking about the, uh, right now they have the, the number three pick. The number three pick is going to get a, a bon between his cash and his signing bonus. He's going to get somewhere in, in the neighborhood, depending on what the cap is, somewhere between twenty-five and thirty million dollars. Mm, right. Okay. So when people talk about that's like a lot of cash, right? That that's the number three pick might take home the most cash next year, and you know, it's going to be. I was trying to, I was talking to my bro, one of my brothers about this. I'm thinking they have to pick a quarterback, right? Um, but he thinks he should pick. He should. He, my brother thinks he should pick an offensive tackle because I think he listens to Murphy way too Murph to way too much. Um, <laughs> um, but we'll see what's gonna happen. And folks, I should say this: it doesn't matter what position you play. Where it just matters where you slot and you get paid the same. Like a quarterback drafted at number three is not gonna get more money than an off. Offensive tackle or a wide receiver. It's just better value if you do it at a quarterback rather than a wide receiver or offensive tackle, because a the top of the line quarterback is now getting fifty to fifty five million dollars. All right, whether this there's no position that's come close to a quarterback getting paid like that. So it's better value to get if you hit on a first round if you hit on that number three pick and he's a quarterback. You're, you're creating so much excess value, and that's going to be so great for the team. Gerard and the front office have an opportunity to make 
a splash in free agency. I prefer that they resign some of their own guys, mm-hmm. like a Duga or a Wano, or even you know, even like oh, dare I did say it, like a Miles Bryant type. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know, some somebody who's been on the Miles team. Miles had a good year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I thought he had a good year. People don't like him for whatever reason. Um, you know, saying he's played what he played seventy percent of the snaps. So I could I should look it up. I should have looked it up. No, I did 77 percent of the snaps. He played a lot of snaps. All right. On a um they have the capability. I'm interested as a cap guy to see if they change how they structure deals. Mm-hmm. And one of the one one of the ways we could see the change would be the number of void years they deal. They do. Right. Will they continue to be a team that focuses a lot on player incentives and using active roster bonuses. All right. Um, we'll see. I don't know that. I don't know what Gerard may. I talked, I actually met Gerard may once a long, several years ago. Um, I did not think at that time that he was going to be a head coach. So I would did not ask him any cap related questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know how he feels about, I should ask him because I don't, I don't. I should ask him about the actor roster bonus. I don't know how they. He's gonna as a former player, how he felt about it. Because I knew he missed out on money because of it. he didn't get all his incentives one year. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, we'll see. We're looking forward. I'm looking forward to it as a cap guy to see what happens that way. It's gonna be interesting, Mike. And we're almost looking forward to we'll see what happens with the um, with the draft. All right. Um, it is. As I got, um, I should say this, like I should say, kind of, I have to talk, talk about um, as a cap guy. Let me just talk about Bill and the GM and what he's done, mm-hmm. and what he did. Um, I always thought at the beginning that we would, uh, if you were a fan of the Pages in the early two thousands, you would read articles about how the Pages would create value by all the trades they made up and down the. Uh, and he would get a ton of credit for that. He, for, he would get, I thought he made a couple, he did a couple of things that the NFL eventually eliminated cap-wise. Mm. For example, in 2014, they signed, drove Rivas to a deal that had an option. All right? They don't pick up the option. They had a comp pick for him in 2016. Can't do that now. Right. All right? Back in the day, you could pay practice squad players any any amount of money you want. So what would the Patriots do? Because the guys, they would pay some of the guys as much as the rookie would do. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a strict salary for for the practice squad players. You can't. There's one salary, and that, especially for the rookies, there's one salary, and that's it. Right. All right. Um. What B Bill Belichick did, salary cap wise, I thought stood out, especially at the beginning, was he built a middle class. So if you were following me on social media or in the early two thousands, you would see me say the Patriots have the largest amount of players who were making one million had a cap number of one million dollars. Because back in the day, now. The cap was $60, $70 million in the early 2000s. Now it's like they still have a great number of players who make 
1% of the cap now, right? right? It's not, a, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Bills also now also have a large amount of players who are making 1% of the cap. I think they just copied the lead. Um, I'm, I was surprised, and I think I've, I've said this before to you, Mike, that how many teams didn't copy what the Pages did, like in terms of building a middle class. Um, part of it is the new C, under the new CBA teams didn't weren't first weren't first to weren't forced to spend money. So they whatever money they spent, they spent on quarterbacks and the rookies, and now is it? They just the middle class has been decimated, and, and the NFL middle class has been decimated since the 2011 CBA. Um, so that's what I wanted, I wanted to say about Bill and the GM. I'm looking forward to to what happens with Mayo. Absolutely, man. Miguel, great stuff as always. In typical fashion, Miguel always has nuggets here that he's going to drop that are unique to Locked On Patriots. He's already dropped some pearls of wisdom that you'll only find here on this podcast. Miguel is going to intricately give some details on what the Patriots might do at the offensive line. That's right. Miguel's got some of the answers for those big round men that Murph wants to round up on this team. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. A proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, Pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a family member of mine got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting the type of medication they need. Thankfully, we will be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and many others. This stuff could happen to any one of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. Locked On listeners, thank you so much for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots, making us a part of your daily Patriots coverage. And as you can see, we have been regaled with the wisdom and counsel <laughs> of the pharaoh of Foxborough Finance himself, my good friend Miguel Benzon, the Pats Cap has joined us and given us so many pearls of wisdom today. Pearls of wisdom you can only find here on Locked On Patriots, folks. And Miguel, we've talked a lot about the new era in Foxborough and Gerard mm -hmm. Mayo coming in and what type of leverage he may have now as head coach to sit yep. down and negotiate with some of these free agents to be, not just from a personal standpoint, but most importantly, from a financial standpoint. You need to have the backing of the ownership in order to be able to sign those checks. And you've given us a good indication as to how they might do that. There's still a lot of question as to exactly what methods they're going to employ and you've been very, very forthcoming about that. And I think that's extremely interesting and even given us a little background on the difference between what Gerard Mayo might do 
and the Belichick showed here for approximately a quarter century at the helm of the New England Patriots. But Miguel, you're about to make one of our favorites here very happy. You know our good friend, yep. Connor Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy, has been a big uh, advocate for the Patriots to build from the offensive line. It's the foundation. It's the yep. way he believes this team should be built. So naturally, Gerard Mayo is going to sit down and he's going to say, okay, we need to make improvements along the offensive line. You've laid out a financial blueprint on how mm -hmm. this might go and certain things that should be considered here when it comes to the O-line. I'm not going to step on your toes, bud. Take us home. Set the record straight, if you will, when it comes to what the Patriots can do financially to fix this O-line. Okay. Oh, let's see. I don't know. It is one of the things you want to know, Gerard Mayo. How's your relationship with Tred Brown? All right. Mm. <laughs> All right. Because let's talk about the, repairing, you know, relationships. Maybe yeah. that's what he was referring to. We don't know because, that, folks, but maybe that's one of them he tried to, uh, well, to repair. So let's let's bring up that slide. So, okay, folks, I actually been tracking the O line combinations. All right. When I say combinations, they have five different starters. All right. And then if you switch out a, uh, a center one week, that's a different combination. All right. 2023 was remarkable in the sense that they had the most distinct starters, 11, and the second most combinations, all right, 2015, all right? And you could see on the right-hand side, I bolded the first four weeks, all right, and the last four weeks of the season. Mike. During the Bill Belichick era, 24 years, 24 seasons, mm -hmm. there were nine times that the Patriots used a different combination for at least four straight weeks. Two of the nine occurred in 2023, at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season. All right? That's just nuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, That is just nuts and you'll notice in in 2023 the pages only started a com the same combination at the maximum three straight weeks that only happened two other years during the bill belichick era they have to fix it i i don't know and like i um <laughs> if you follow me on twitter you know like i was i was rather dismissive of them of the possibility of the Patriots trading Shaq Mason away. Right? Right. Cause I heard this in 2020, 2021. And then that finally happened in 2022 and you trade away Shaq Mason. You don't resign Joe Tooney. And then years and yet you can't have any consistency in, on your offensive line. For example, like Mike, if you look at, the in 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2020, that's we've had how many offensive line combinations we had in those four years, mm -hmm. and compare that from in the early in the early 2000s. All right, for example, 2007, four, 2008, three, 2009, four, 2010, four. Mm -hmm. All right. Brady was having had the same offensive line in front of him most of the time, where Mac Jones, Cam Newton, and Billy Zappi 
we're having any consistency there. And what I would, what I would do, I think I don't think I will hear from Murph. Like, like I'll talk about the draft wise, but I think it's it's never it's never offensive tackles hardly ever hit free agency. All right, so you're not so if you're gonna want to hit free agency, if you think you're gonna sign someone in free agency, you're gonna have to pay a pretty penny. All right, mm-hmm. so like I'm. They have he has to Mayo's gonna have to talk to Trent Brown, talk to Michael Michael and get them signed. All right. That he I think he has to at least get at least one of them signed. Hopefully, if there's only one, it'd be be the younger guy, Owano. All right. Um then he has to find some get some stability in in the offensive line. I don't know, like I don't know, like I didn't really I don't know how I gotta hear more about Murph talk about City Sour right guy, right guard, right? Is he the right guy for the future, or is he just gonna move over to tackle one day? Um, you know, so I know this draft is supposedly has some good offensive tackle depth. So, and the Patriots had had some luck with drafting a offensive tackle in the second round. Hello, Matt Light and Sebastian Fulmer. Um, will lightning strike again for them? Well, we will see. Um, it would be cap-wise, it would be great if they were to get a quarterback in the first round and a starting offensive tackle in the second round and then try to get a number one wide receiver in free agency. All right. I mean, we'll see. We will see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm like, if right now, Mike, that's what I would try to do. I would try to go, I would try to sign someone in free agency, a wide out in a free agency, draft a double dip at the tackle spot in the draft and draft a, a my QB in the first round, that's what I would do as of now. We will. I will look forward to you and Murph talking about the draft, especially about your target um, and where you would go and what round you would go. I said this to my brother. I should have said this earlier. If you're drafting a quarterback, all right, and you want to build around them, the time to spend in free agency is this year. Mm-hmm. Because you have, because the way most NFL contracts are, are structured, usually you have two years and then you have an out. You can get out of it after the third year. Right. The third year is the most important year for 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 the rookie quarterback because you buy because he can pick up the option for his fifth year after it. So you need right. to know by the end of the third year the, if he's good or not. Mm-hmm. So even if you made mistakes this year in free agency in two thousand twenty four. Right, you can then revisit those mistakes and move on in 2026. With so get them a, a new crew and have them build talent, still continue to balance down in 2026. So if if the plan is to get a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, this is the year to also spend the money because you give them you have the chance to build around them twice, 2024 and 2026. Mm. Right. Very good point. Okay. I should have said that at the beginning, but I forgot. I'm sorry. 
Miguel, you end on a high note, and that's exactly what we love to do here on okay. Locked On Patriots. Yes. We love ending on a high note and on positivity. And folks, the Pharaoh of Foxborough Finance has done both for us today. Like I said before, we are definitely going to be breaking down Gerard Mayo's official introduction. So stay locked in, folks. You're not going to want to miss it. But for today, we have given you, I think, the best financial breakdown in the business. Miguel, what can I say? I appreciate you always being willing to lend your wisdom, your counsel, and information you can only find here on Locked On Patriots, folks. We are eternally grateful that you choose our platform and inform Patriots fans exactly what to expect from a financial basis, especially for a rookie head coach. It's going to be so important this year for those decisions to be made properly. And Gerard, I know earlier today you talked about bringing in the right people, picking the right minds. Let me tell you, it doesn't get any better than my good friend here on the opposite side of the screen. Give him a call. Give him a follow. You're definitely going to want to follow what he does financially, folks, because he is always right down to the penny. My friend, thank you so much for joining me here today. Before I let you go, please let everyone know where they can interact with you on social media and a little bit about some of the philanthropic work that you do, which to me not only makes you the best in the business when it comes to Foxborough Finance, but truly one of the great people you'll meet in any walks of life, folks. I say that without hesitation. Thank you. Um, you'll find me on Twitter at Pat's Cap, real unoriginal. Um, you'll also find me on Instagram. I might be posting more pictures there. I, um, I'm proud to say we've got over $50,000 um, raised for Habitat for Humanity. I'd uh, like to get to 60000 by the end of March. Um, so any... Do- so if you can't afford to do so, any amount of donation will be will be useful. And I believe in the American dream. My parents are first generation immigrants. I know them buying a home was a big moment for them. So I like to share, pay it forward by helping someone else buy a home. Absolutely, folks. And I can tell you from personal experience, I have my fun with Miguel when he comes on. I call him Pharaoh of Foxborough Finance, which I truly believe. But when I say to you that you will not find a finer man in any walk of life, I truly mean it. He wears his heart on his sleeve and the philanthropic work that he does truly comes from the heart. And Miguel, that's why you're beloved throughout Patriots Nation. It's not just for the financial pearls of wisdom that you drop exclusively sometimes here on Locked On Patriots, folks. But no matter where you drop those, uh, whether it be on Twitter or whether it be on X or whatever social media platform, we appreciate that in Patriots Nation, but we love you for the man that you are. So, Miguel, thank you so much. We know we're going to be uh, calling upon your wisdom and counsel again in the near future here on Locked On Patriots to guide us through free agency, through the draft, and as we get a little more headway on what the Gerard Mayo era is going to look like here in Foxborough, Miguel's the man that's going to take us there from a financial standpoint. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow here, folks, on Locked On Patriots, because our main man, Thomas Murphy, joins us here to go through your questions. It's a pseudo midweek mailbag <laughs> to kind of bring together everything that we learned about yeah. Gerard Mayo in his introductory press conference. And don't forget, we also have a special guest lined up on Friday, so be sure to stay locked into Locked On Patriots. In the meantime, I give a tip of the cap and a nod to the gods to my good friend, Miguel, the Pat's Cap Benzon. And folks, thank you all for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. On behalf of the Pat's Cap himself, Miguel Benzon, I'm Mike DeBate, reminding you all to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked On Patriots.